Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world, this is your host for the David Harris Jr. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is your host, hopefully one of your favorite deplorable brothers, David J. Harris Jr. And I have an amazing show for you all today. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me as I break down the truth, the news that's not drenched in liberal bias. It's unadulterated, it's raw, it's real. And it's more important than ever that we all get the truth. Today's broadcast is brought to you by my good friend Mike Lindell's company, MyPillow. Friends, if you need to sleep well, if you want to feel good while you're sleeping, you've got to try Mike Lindell's pillows or his sheets or his mattress topper. I have all of those. My wife absolutely loves his sheets, as do I. There's nothing I love more than actually feeling comfortable, just that you feel so good and cool while you're sleeping. His new Giza sheets are absolutely amazing. Use the promo code DAVID, that's my name, DAVID, when you make your order at MyPillow.com and you can save up to 60%. Yes, Mike Lindell gave a special promo code for me, for you, my audience. So you can save up to 60%, need new pillows, need sheets, want to give your mattress a makeover, get that pillow topper, that mattress topper, just use the code DAVID and you'll save up to 60%. So let's get into my show today. Today, I have the privilege and the honor of having Representative Vernon Jones on my show to share with you why he's made his decision to support President Trump for re-election talk about the backlash that he's been re- been receiving, as well as some other stuff. So without any further ado, uh, it is my pleasure to welcome Vernon Jones to the show. Vernon, Representative Vernon Jones, such an honor to have you with me, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Dave, and thank you so much for having me on. That's an honor. And to be able to participate with your, with your listeners, that, that is amazing, David. That's amazing. Well, it is my pleasure. You know, it takes a lot of courage to do what you did. And I can only imagine the amount of backlash that you've received from doing it. I just want to say first and foremost, thank you so much for standing up, for sharing what I believe is absolute truth of what this president's done, not only for America, but especially the black community and uh, and doing it, being a Democrat in the House of Representatives of Georgia. It sent shockwaves through the political atmosphere, but I, I'm glad that you did it, sir. Well, David, uh, just like you and others, we believe in results. And that's what Donald Trump has provided, certainly to the African-American community and throughout the whole entire country. Um, When you look at three major things, criminal justice reform, where Joe Biden wrote the crime bill that put thousands of African-Americans in jail, separated from their families, separated from, from mothers and sisters and brothers. The president came back and boldly passed the First Step Act that that is literally sending thousands of black men back home, men period, to be with their, and women to be with their families. Also, uh, gave the economy, certainly prior to the pandemic crisis, there was record unemployment numbers for the African-American community and across the board. That was huge. People want to work. He gave them opportunity to work, opportunities to work. And also, uh, David, I'm a graduate, proud graduate of Historical Black College, North Carolina Central University. 
which has a tradition like many other HBCUs of providing that breeding ground for the, for the best and the brightest, the scholars, those in academics, those in politics, those that are in medicine, um, when traditionally we couldn't go to historical white colleges. And so uh, with him coming back and restoring the, 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 the financial assistance that was previously cut and to write it into law, to give them that support, stability, so uh, HBCUs don't have to come back year in and year out to lobby for resources, it's there. That's amazing to me. That, that's an amazing feat for the president of the United States. And that's why I hardly came out and endorsed him and supported him. But I, I didn't know I was going to send such a shockwave through the country, but we all know why. Yeah, we do. There's definitely just a disdain, it seems like, among most of the liberals, uh, liberal elite and liberals and Democrats, politicians, there's just such a disdain that they don't want to. It seems like they do not want to acknowledge the things that you just shared. Let me ask you this. When was it? At what point in your mind, in your heart, did you decide that you wanted to vocally come out and share your support for President Donald Trump? Well, actually, uh, David, I have a history of infighting with the Democratic Party because they've gone so far to the left with their uh, radical and, and socialist views. Uh, back in 2000, as when I got elected county, exec, I was running the same time President Bush was. I voted for President Bush. Um, I was for faith-based, Second Amendment. Those are things I grew up on, grew up with, uh, part of my culture in North Carolina, my family's farm. When I saw what President Trump was doing, actually, during his campaign, as you can remember what he said in Michigan, what do you have to lose? Give me a chance. And that resonated yes. to me. And I gave him a chance that time. And then within three years, this president has done more for African-Americans than any president during my time. And when I saw him up for re-election and I saw my party going so far to the left with Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and AOC and some of the others, um, I, I could not get out there on that limb. That's why I said the Democratic Party uh, left me. I didn't leave them. And so I held true to my convictions. I held true to my beliefs, my independence. And I realized also that the Democratic Party does not have room in that big tent for independent thinking black men and black women with conservative leanings. Um, their agenda is not for black people. Their agenda is for illegals and their agenda is for the LGBTQ community. And that's fine. They can have their agenda. Here's the problem. Joe Biden is, is, is given the credit or the credit is given to African-Americans for saving Joe Biden down in South Carolina. Well, we've saved the Democrats on many times, but what happened when they get elected? We don't have a seat at the table. If we do, we get the crumbs on the floor. Not this time. I'm not going to be able to vote for a man that put African-Americans in jail versus a man, uh, President Trump, who released a lot of those African-Americans. There's just no way. He's done more than three years than Joe Biden has done in almost 40 years. And so when I saw this election coming yes. up, here's what really got me into it. The, there was a transgender that approached me at the Capitol signing an immigration bill that said if we identify or arrest these violent offenders that are illegal, that there's no sanctuary for them, that they must be reported by the local police to, to, the, to the ICE agency. And this guy came up, this transgender, I say, excuse me, I'll, I'll say that I respect what he wants to be, but or she wants to be. But here, uh, this person approached me and started poking me in my arm. Why did you sign this bill? Why did you sign this bill? You're black. Uh, you're like me. I'm transgender. We're the same. I said, I said, hold it, partner. Let's stop right there. You can be whatever you want to be based on how you feel. I don't have that choice. I am black from cradle to grave. I can't wake up exactly. one day saying, I think I'm going to be white. Or, hey, I can't do that. 
And so to compare the two, and which is a bigger problem that the left has allowed the, the gay community to hijack civil rights. And so now they want to compare yes. gay rights and civil rights, but they're two different things. I, don't, I stand up for the Constitution, equality for all. I don't have an issue with that. But let me tell you, to make a comparison, so finally the House leadership, the Democrat House leadership came jumping on me about it and calling me homophobia, xenophobia. Look, I may be a claustrophobia, but I'm not those phobias. I'm not afraid of them. <laughs> They're people. I love everybody. The Democratic yeah. Party said that they need to, to either apologize or step down or come and meet with the leadership of the, of the gay caucus and her. I, I said, for what? Based on my beliefs. And so that was enough. And I said, hey, I'm ready to get on with this. President Trump, I'm tired of seeing him get beat up in the media for doing things right. They don't want to give him credit. And I just stood out and said, hey, I'm for President Trump. I didn't care what anybody else thought. It's how I felt. And uh, I can tell you a lot more feel like that, David. Other legislators, and you may have heard about Representative up in, uh, in Michigan, just because she said thank you to the president. Her party yes. has censored her. Uh, in Tennessee, Representative DeBerry. Uh, here's what's interesting. The Democratic Party literally took his name off the ballot because he's pro-life and he's pro-school he's pro choice. The Democratic Party is full of bigotry. It's full of discrimination. And so that's why I said I didn't leave the party. The party left me. And I'm going to agitate them to the end. I decided initially to not complete my term because of all that backlash. But when I saw the American people and people in my district, all colors, black, white, people around the world were sending me, wait a minute. You know, you're right. We feel the same way. We support you. Don't don't quit. Finish your term. I came back and said, you know, I'm finishing my term. And I'm going to give them hell right into the last day I'm in office in January. <laughs> and I'm going to do everything to help President Trump get reelected. Well, I so appreciate that. You know, I, I, I was going to ask you uh, if there is a growing sentiment that you've seen from the inside on the Democrat side of other individuals, like I think it's Karen uh, uh, Whittier, Whitzer, that Democrat that literally credits the president for saving her life because he, he endorsed and shared the the facts about hydroxychloroquine and how potentially beneficial that could be for her. And she's taken a beating as well. Are there other individuals like that on the Democrat side? Are there just a few? Are they sprinkled? Or is the sentiment that you share of being just absolutely fed up with the Democrat Party choosing illegals over the black community and, and, and even over American citizens? Is that a growing consensus that you see and feel from a lot of the other politicians in office, people in office that are that are paying attention and that are actually wake to what's going on? Let me say this, David. This is where it really counts. This is America. Going back to our founding fathers. We have to put country before party. And that's the bigger problem right now. It's such partisan politics. Upmanship, one-on-one. Who's trying to have the majority of, of, of the legislature in Congress? President Trump has done a lot for this country. African-Americans know it, but they're afraid of those white liberals who will make them feel like President Trump is a demon and they get black agent provocateurs to attack other blacks who think independently. You gotta understand, the Democratic Party survives off the black vote, but the black vote does not survive the Democratic Party. Matter of fact, they kill us all. And so a lot of my colleagues have called me, even in the leadership, and said that, Vernon, you're right. You're absolutely right. And a lot of us feel that. Wow. But they urge to come forward. You know, one courageous man in the crowd is a majority. It's all like church, though. I can tell you things are happening. 
you know, when you're in church and the pastor asks you to come on down and give your life and everybody wants to come, they're just kind of waiting for the first person to go down. And then the first person comes down and then you think, like, well, let me see someone else and someone else. And all of a sudden you see them flocking down. I think what I did, I, I put a crack in that wall and that wall is seeping in. And we're coming through that wall. You're going to see it at the polls this year, too. And you're going to see more African-Americans in various states start to call out the Black Party, the Black uh, the, the Democratic Party. You know, I noticed something, too, on the national stage with the presidential Democratic debate. Started off with diversity, ended up with two white men because Blacks, good qualified Blacks, were disqualified, not from the people voting for them, but for so-called rule changes. But they changed the rules also to let a rich white guy comes in, the mayor up in out of, out of New York, who many have called a racist for what he said about throwing black and brown men up against the wall and they, they're where all the crime, yep. their neighborhoods has all the crime. When in fact, I start thinking about Bernie Madoff, where Bernie Madoff doesn't live in, he had a lot of crime, hurt a lot of people. So that's not necessarily true. So with that, it's interesting. They're right back to that same group of white men. And you know who they're asking for? The black vote to come out. And I'll bet you this, if, if the Democrat lose, which he's going to lose, watch the quarterback. They're going to say there was not enough black support. It's always blamed on African-American community. When, there's, when a Democrat loses on the national stage or statewide, well, there was no black support. Well, no, there's black turnout. There's no white turnout for you because you're out of step. And so, David, yes, a lot of us are here. More of us are going to be coming out. You'll see soon. Um, they may not change parties, um, but they're going to start speaking about what the Democratic Party is doing for them and not going to be taken for granted anymore. Well, I really hope and I actually believe that you're right. I, I don't know how... It, I don't know how individuals, especially that have been elected by the by their constituents to represent them and represent their best interests, could continue to buy into and feed into the lies of the mainstream media and not be awakened to accept the truth of what this president has done for all Americans. But as you said, record low unemployment for the black community, Hispanic community, Asian community, record funding for historical black colleges and universities, prison reform releasing thousands of, uh, of Americans and a high level of them, over 90% of them black, reunited with their families. It's, it's just such a beautiful thing. Opportunity zones, which is something that really hasn't even begun to take effect yet. But uh, there's so much that this president has done. It just baffles me that individuals, that politicians are continuing to choose their party line over their own people and their own country. Well, Dave, I made it clear. I left that plantation. They can give that room to somebody else. I'm, out. I'm going to do everything I can to be an agitator within this Democratic Party. I was telling someone the other day, uh, you know, if you try washing your clothes without an agitator, you end up with some wet, dirty clothes. I'm going to agitate that party. I'm going to root out that bigotry. I'm going to elbow them until they make room for independent thinking and conservative leaning blacks, black men and women, uh, and let them know that the gay agenda and the illegal agenda and all, all those other agendas are not going to be on, on the front of the bus and put black people on the back of the bus. It's kind of interesting. We're right back on the back of the bus. And, you know, it takes about 21 days to start or break our habits. Imagine African Americans have been voting Democrats, most of them, for the past 60 years. So it doesn't break overnight. But let me tell you, that pot is boiling over. It's boiling. The lid is shaking and trembling. You can tell something's getting ready to break. And you're going to see, it's kind of interesting, 
a lot of whites want to say right now they're for Donald Trump, but they don't want to be called a racist. A lot of blacks want to say they're for Donald Trump, but they don't want to be called a Republican. And so when you wait to that poll, wait to that landslide happens at the polls, because Donald Trump has a solid record of accomplishment. And there's not a community, not a race, not a gender, or anybody he's left behind. He has helped everybody, anybody who wanted to work in this country, he's worked with small businesses. He got investors to come back and start investing their money here. And you know what I like about him too. I too agree. I know you do, David, but America first. We're spending millions of dollars around the globe building schools and bridges and just giving countries money just just to be friends with them. How how did we even get to this place as a country? where so many Americans don't know the facts that you just shared. Literally, Joe Biden wrote the crime bill with Clinton. He co-sponsored and wrote that crime bill that led to the mass incarceration of black Americans. Huge disparity, largely because of the whole crack cocaine epidemic. And then you can go back to what's been exposed on how the crack even got into South Central Los Angeles. And that was a whole other additional just issue with, with how it got there. But it definitely seems like a a full-blown attack, and now here we have this man that's running to become the president of the United States and is trying to champion the same black vote of who he sold out decades ago. But here's what's the challenge. You can ask an African-American, what is it that Joe Biden has done for you? And they mm. can't think of anything. And you can say, well, let me tell you, you can fact check me. Joe Biden kept right and shepherd the crime bill through that locked up thousands of black men. You're all worried about that? Yes. Well, then here's President Trump. He's come through and did criminal justice reform, and he's letting those same blacks out that were caught up in that web of that senseless crime bill, and you still want to vote for Joe Biden? Look what Trump is, look what he did for Ms. Johnson. She petitioned the Obama administration twice to be let out. Here's a lady, first offense, nonviolent offender, she was what they call a mule, made a phone call that was part of a drug ring. She gets 42 years, spent 20 in jail, petitioned the, the Trump, petitioned the Obama administration on two occasions. You had a black attorney general, Eric Holder, and you had, they called um, President Obama black, African-American president. And both times she petitioned them, they turned her down. Trump comes and he lets her out. And many other blacks out. And it's you want to figure out... It's it's mind-boggling. It is. But what it is, it's the bigotry and the brain game that they're playing with African-Americans with the left liberal. They want to make you think that you choose between the lesser of two evils. If you compare the two together, the true evil person is Joe Biden. I don't mean as a person, but as a phrase, the lesser of two evils. Donald Trump helped with black colleges. Donald Trump has done prison reform. Donald Trump has helped with the economy and more blacks have gotten jobs than ever before during that period in, in my lifetime. Donald yes. Trump created the opportunity zone districts that many of those, those districts are outlined in African-American communities that's been devastated by lack of unemployment, lack of economic development, and lack of housing. So that was geared towards investing in those communities and helping the, those black areas out. Many are black. And you want to say the less of two evils, and you want to, and here's, Dave, here's what really gets me. When they say, well, Trump just doing that, to, he's just throwing crumbs out there. You call that crumbs? Ask a family member who just got out of jail after 20 years. He yes. got 20 more to serve. 
Yeah. You know, ask that person who went to an African-American college that closed because funding hit it. And they didn't have that year to year out funding like what's now been written into the, the law. Because like yeah. we said, colleges, they literally had to go up every year and compete with everybody else, including the resources going to illegals. But you know who got the most resources? The illegals, not yep. blacks, not the black historical colonies. It is such a truth that, you know, I was let down, you know, on the subject of Obama. I was let down. I, I My mother had told me I really started paying attention to politics. You know, I'm 40. Uh, I'm 40. I'll be 45 years old this year. But well, yeah, <laughs> I had to think about it for a minute. It's my birthday's next month. But um, my mom told me when 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 Obama had the chance to become president in in 08. I really started paying attention to politics because obviously it's like, what? We could have a black president? I was excited. Yeah. And then yeah. my mom said, pay attention and go look at how he votes on the issues that matter. And for me, as a Christian, you know, I'm a, I could be a one, a one point voter. I, I could have one issue, one issue voter, and it could be, it would be abortion. It, it really is for me. Because for me, if somebody's moral compass is off, with thinking that it's okay in any way, shape, or form to harm an unborn baby, then what else is off with their moral compass? So while I was excited for the opportunity to vote for Obama, I began to look and research at how he voted. And when I saw that he voted against a medical bill that would have given treatment to babies that survived abortions, and when I saw that he voted for partial birth abortion, literally late-term abortion where babies are dismembered, color went out the window. I didn't care what color he was. I wasn't going to vote for him. But that's that. So that's one of the crux of the issues for me. Yet I understand why so much of America and so much of black America, obviously, they must have been willing to overlook it, you know, overlook those issues or they didn't know those issues existed with him. And they just wanted to see a black president. Where do you think that lines up? Where do you think that lined up for most for most Americans? You think they were just really excited for the opportunity to have a black president? And so they just kind of overlooked how he voted? I think. I think many of us, many Americans, and I would say black and white, felt like, oh, we've got to a place now that we can have a person of color in the highest office in the land. And yeah. so uh, it reminded me when I first got elected county executive, first black to get elected. Among many African-Americans, there was unreasonable expectations. I was supposed to complete everything and fix all the rights and the wrongs. And among many whites, there was unreasonable fears. They didn't know what to feel. Was I going to do to them what they've been doing to us? And mm -hmm. so I had to walk a very fine line there. But here's what's interesting. You mentioned what was important to you, and you let your voice be known. But your party did not try to come to you and say, wait a minute, I'm going to silence you because you don't agree with this, you don't agree with that. So look, I'm going to, I'm going to put your light out. Mm. And I'm going to call you all sorts of kinds of names, and you don't share the same values, you don't believe. But you are one issue voter, and that's fine. There are some of us who may like that. The problem here with the Democratic Party, if you don't toe their line, if you don't follow their agenda, then you're not a Democrat. Then you don't wow. share their values. That's why I said values really cross partisan lines. You are who you are. I agree with some things, President Obama, but many things I didn't. I agree with some things with President Trump, but many things I don't. But I can tell you this, what's most important to me as an African-American, Donald J. Trump has done what no other president has done in my lifetime, and that was go to the heart 
for the black community and create policies that have a direct effect on improving their lives, on helping them out, on assisting them. He was listening to a constituency that really didn't vote for him in the record numbers. Yeah. Didn't vote for him above what, eight, 16%, which was more than most most Republicans received. But can you imagine giving 85% of your vote to 90% to every time there's a Democrat running and you get left behind? You, you, you know, that, that just doesn't make any sense. So what I try to do, and I think many try to do, is we vote on the person we believe. Let me say it this way. I'm for who's for me. Mm. It doesn't matter what party you're in. I'm for who's for me. Who's for me and mine, my community, my family. That's yeah. how I look at it. You know, when blacks vote independently like that, white liberals are afraid. Because that's whose shoulders they're standing on. They're standing on the black vote. And you know what? Wow. It's a captive audience. They don't have to earn it. They don't have to ask for it because they know it's going to be there. And that's why when Trump said in Flint, Michigan, in, in that black church, what do you have to lose? You've been voting for them. You're still complaining that you haven't got anything, including having a black president. So yes. wait a minute. Why, why not give us a chance? Um, and so... What he has done in that three and a half years is what a lot of people at least said about Donald Trump. Well, you know what? He's doing what he said he's going to do. He said he's going to help the African-American community, and he has. And it's kind of ironic. I feel so bad a lot of times because I've experienced it too. When blacks are invited to come to the White House or when blacks are considered for positions, they get ostracized. They get criticized. They get called bad names. But then they say, well, Trump is not doing enough for blacks. He's not hiring enough blacks. Well, every time he does, you, you, you scare the hell out of those who are being considered because they don't be criticized by you. But that's white liberals who get what I call black agent provocateurs to carry their water to attack other blacks. So it hides wow. the bigotry from the white liberals. And when they want to talk about their party being a party, yeah, the Democratic Party being a part of big tent of inclusion and diversity, yeah, they have diversity among the color, the gender, the orientation, but not independent thoughts for a black person or a white person. Oh, when it comes to that, no. Let us tell you what you should be doing and what right. you should be thinking. And if you don't, I'm going to release the attack dogs on you. And so that's why, again, you know, I said the party didn't, I didn't leave the party, the party left me, and I'm going to remain here. And I'm going to be that agitator. Because, you know, as my mother would say, if you wash clothes and you don't have an agitator in it, at the end of the day or the end of the wash, you're going to have some dirty, wet clothes. Right now, <laughs> for me to leave, the Democratic Party going to end up being dirty and wet. I'm going to agitate them. I'm going to elbow them. I'm going to do everything I can to remove that white sheet from its head because the Democratic Party is being led, really, by a plantation owner. Mm. And the blacks that are there, the ones that... They, work, they won't allow you to think independently. They're just plantation workers. Because if you can think independently, you'll rise up from that plantation. You'll turn the lights off and say, give this room to somebody else. That's what I did. Wow. And so when white Democrats vote Republican, it's elevated. It's, it's a good thing. Oh, they're called Reagan Democrats. They're not ostracized and criticized when a black votes for another party. President of another party, a Republican specifically. Oh, here comes the lynching law. Yeah, everybody. Zell Miller in my state, former governor, Democratic governor, former uh, Democrat U.S. senator. Not only did he, he endorse George W. Bush, 
was re-election, he also came and spoke at the Republican convention. They didn't do to Zell Miller like they did to me. They didn't censor Zell. They didn't say that he's an embarrassment to the party. Wow. They said nothing of sort. But when it came to me, African-American, white liberals didn't want me to do that. Now, I'm not calling them racist. Well, I will. I will because that's racist. That. I mean, that's blatant oh, racism. If if they don't tendency. if they don't treat a white person in the Democrat Party that supports a Republican candidate, a Republican president, or Republican nominee, if they don't ostracize them and cut them off, yet the moment you, uh, a, a fellow member of the black community and a, a strong businessman, I mean, you were the CEO of uh, De Cobb yeah, County, overseeing seven thousand people. Two plus billion dollar budget. You're a brilliant individual, and the moment you step out and say, I, "I actually like," which is what all Americans should want. All Americans should want a lot of bipartisan actions taking place. Yeah. yeah. So you do that, and they ostracize you. They call you an embarrassment to your own party, and literally had you to the point where you are going to step down, and then you decided not to. But just on the just on that fact, you said you won't call them racist. I will. Because that's racism 101, brother. Well, it's bigotry and certainly has racial undertones. Um, I'll say this. You know, um, I, I I spent my life working for black people, trying to help improve their lives. And I have a track record of doing so, improving their communities, creating opportunities for them for jobs and investing and building and growing their businesses. I've done it for everybody. But specifically, I did not leave the African-American community behind. Mm-hmm. And so... When I hear this, um, when I decide to ex- exercise my independent thought, I'm beat up on. But we've had we've had Democratic congressmen, white conservatives that were representing mostly black districts during the Obama administration. And Obama ended up endorsing one of those one time over a black female state senator who was running for that congressional seat. And most of the time, he spent his votes. He and the other one, John Marshall and, and, and Jim uh, Jim Marshall and John Barrow, they spent their votes in most cases against President Obama, against uh, uh, things that were been perceived as helping African Americans. But you know what the white Democrats said in Georgia? Oh, what? well, they're in conservative leaning districts, so they gave them a free ride. Well, wow! Hell, why don't we elect some Republicans who would respect and want our vote? And lean a little, little more to the left with, you know, good left, uh, reasonable left, center left. Why couldn't we elect some of those? But no, they get a free pass. And for me, wow. in this last election, that one of those same, uh, it's in the election, that one of those same Democrats that lost his seat to a Republican, he came back to run for Secretary of State last election cycle. And the liberal media built him up. Against a Republican, they say, "Oh well, you know, he's a good Democrat. He has conservative leanings." They said it with a positive spin on it. Is what I'm saying, but for hmm. me, oh no, I dare you. Well, it's because you're a threat to the narrative that they've been building for years against this president, which is that he's a racist, he's a sexist, he's a xenophobe, he hates Mexicans, he hates blacks. They've been building this narrative. The mainstream media. And so many in the Democrat Party have been complicit in building this narrative that you, sir, with just one declaration and statement, completely shatters it. Why in the world would a black Democrat representative in the House of Representatives, why would he 
openly stand up and share his support for Donald Trump if he was really a racist, a bigot, a misog- if he was any of those things. Why would he do that? It's a threat <laughs> to the lies. And you you're you're shattering that narrative. But I hope and, that's and waking people up. And he represents a, a district of 70 percent black. Oh, that's the buzzword for black to say, hey, you better come back on this plantation. You, you, you get ready to run off the plantation. We're going to tell the man on you. That's all that was about. Wow. But see, if that were a white to do that, it'd be no problem. And you know what? I look at a lot of whites right now that are in the Republican Party. They were Democrats. They went to the Republican Party. But no one ostracized them when they right. moved over to the party. And they kept right on getting elected. I, there are a lot of liberals. Wow. Believe it or not, there are a lot of liberal Democrats that are white who moved to the Republican Party. You know why? Because they felt like they were being nudged out. And their districts now, they couldn't get elected in their districts anymore. So they're going to wow. join another party because they were trying to be around the party, maybe because it's whiter, you know? And they put on a new jersey and kept right on going and nothing happened. Nobody said, you're not welcome over here. Nobody criticized them when they left. Nothing like that. Oh, it was accepted. And so that's why I'm trying. I'm trying to get my black people to be woke on what's really happening. I'm not asking to change party, uh, David. I'm not saying that at all. But if you become woke, you go beyond changing the party. The party becomes irrelevant. You become, you'll start to change your ways. When you start yeah. to change your ways and you're free. You know, it's always like to say this. Um, many times, black people, the Democratic Party has them. They are free. No, let me change it. They're loose, but they're not free. It's mm. a big difference. They're loose. There's no shackles here, but they're not free. When you become right. free, then you exercise your own mind. And your own thoughts. And that's when you're dangerous to that far left radical side of the party. Let's talk about, I love your take. You know, we, we covered a little bit of Joe Biden right now. I personally feel like he's battling something mental. It could be onset, early onset dementia, but there, I personally believe that it's very visible in the way that he has a very difficult time putting two thoughts together in the same sentence and then changing his mind it seems like it's very obvious that he's battling something. What's your take on the current mental state of Joe Biden? Do you think it's what do you think it is, or do you want to? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, David, let, let me say this. Um, my my mother, as you know, recently passed, and my mom is at a very nice facility um, here in Atlanta, and I witnessed a lot of family, um, my own personal family. I witnessed other family members. Who can deal with that? Let me tell you, that is um, dementia, Alzheimer's, and related illnesses. Um, that is, that's very serious and very sad. My heart really goes out. Um, when I look at the at Vice President Joe Biden, I like him as a person. I just disagree with his policy. Right. And when I see him out there like that, and he, his statements are not uh, consistent. It tells me something is going on, but the bigger problem, who I blame, and what really causes me to have a heartburn, is not because he's out there, he's a nominee. It's because those who are profiting off of him, those who are using him for their own political purposes, yeah, um, where you have to put him out and you hide, and you put him out with his wife. Um, why are you why why are you doing that to him as opposed to trying to get this man some help? Exactly. He's in the twilight of his twilight years, and um, dealing with his family, and not having to deal with this madness here. 
to me would be more important. But I feel like he's being exploited, and I think it's wrong. And and that's the thing. My heart goes out to Joe Biden and his wife and his family. Because I believe he's a nice man. I believe he, you know, when you get in politics, if if you cannot live out the true meaning of your convictions, you can get caught up in your aspirations. And, um, you know, my guy is so the loss of a son. I know it's like to lose my brother and my mom within six weeks, six months apart. And wow. so um, um, I don't think he ever had a chance to really mourn uh, with his son and being vice president, a lot of obligations and commitments. I, I just would like for them not to do this thing. And I think it's wrong. So I, 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 I guess we're policy, but my heart goes out to him um, in terms of his health. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your your family members your, and your mother as well. Uh, that can be a it's it is tough. Period. My my mom's in heaven. That's the that's the blessing I know is I know I'll see her again. I know where she's at. I know yeah. she's up there. Yeah. You know, cheering me on yeah. as your mom is. Yeah, and that's that's they're, like they're looking uh, out for us, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah they are. They're looking out. They're, they're waiting. Out. They're cheering us on. And that's a blessing to know. But I agree with you 100%. You know, when I first started seeing the videos where Biden was, he's been doing it for over a year. Then you see the meme, the funny videos, making fun. And I started just feeling like, you know what? It's actually pretty disgusting that that the DNC is propping him up to do this. And then I'm asking, why is his family? I mean, the last video I saw, his wife was actually doing all the talking. And he was standing there. He was standing there next to her with a frown on his face the whole time. I don't know if you've seen the video, but he's standing there literally with a frown while his wife is doing all the talking. And at the end, he just ends it by saying, you know, he agrees with her, but it's like, what, why would his family put him through that? And why would the DNC put him through that? I just, unless they plan on, if he gets in and the VP pick, let's talk about the VP pick. Stacey Abrams came out and basically blasted Joe. If they're doing it for that reason, then they're being intellectually dishonest with the American people. We just get Joe across the line, and then we'll have Joe step down. Because the same ones that I said that's using him, if he were to be if he were to be elected president, then they'll come in and do a movement and undercut him and say he needs to step down so their man can go in and out. And and that's see that that's wrong. And you know, I can tell you this: there's no right way to do wrong. I, I just think what they're doing now is just uh, just to just, just create. But when I when I look at the landscape and what's about to come, this is a very important election, and we do need a strong leader. Donald Trump has proved to be a strong leader. He's amazing, you know. Which which we've been missing that for a while. I'm seeing someone with backbone, seeing someone who decides to make a decision, stand up to the liberal media, call them what what they are. That that's important. Uh, he recognizes that home first. You know, as an old country boy, we used to say, it's a poor cow that won't lick her own calf. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you desert your calf and that calf is born, your next step is to be on the dinner table because if you ain't fit to take care of your own, you ain't fit to do nothing. Wow. And so when I look at President Trump wanting to make America, that we want to invest in America, uh, look at, look, I tell you, look now, we're dependent on China. For drugs, we're depending on China for so many products. This has been an awakening. This has been an awakening how we've allowed foreign countries to eclipse us in so many ways. We allow those jobs that go to other countries. I was glad what, what President Trump did with the, with the, the contract between Mexico and uh, and Canada. Yeah, USMCA. Uh, I was glad to see him bring uh, China back to his knee based on uh, the tariffs. 
And everybody yep. was trying to just make such a bad thing. Out. What is he saying? Every president agreed with him that China's taking advantage of, of America. But when he does something about it, he gets criticized. Oh, it's going to kill right. the economy. No, that's not what killed the economy. Something that the president had nothing to do with that China knew about that was not open and honest with the world has caused this. And who has held him accountable? President Trump. And so it, it, it's interesting what's happening. But, you know, you ever hear this, this David, uh, even from NAACP and other groups, uh, we don't care who you vote for as long as you vote. Well, I've heard it. in a lie. Yeah. That's what I've experienced within <laughs> my party. Uh, we don't care who you vote for, just vote. Get out and vote. They said to the constituent in campaign, it can be a debate. We don't care who you vote for, just vote. That's a lie. Yeah. Uh, I see these groups out there calling themselves fight voter suppression. Uh, I, I saw what the fair, uh, so-called fair fight, non-political supposedly group out there funding candidates and, and, and that does not, that do not care their water, where literally they attack people like me and others who want to support our opponents because we're not voting for the person they're voting for. That's voter suppression. You know why they're doing it through threats? They're doing it through name calling, they're trying to suppress you, scare you, and run you back on, onto the plantation. The hypocrisy to talk about their anti-voter suppressor when they're actually, what they're doing, their actions, their actions are, are suppressing people's votes. And so those groups need to be held accountable to those liberal groups like that who say they like white people, but don't do anything but suppress us and keep us down. You know, I'm just no longer, I'm, I'm not going to smoke that cigarette anymore. <laughs> well, and we are so glad that you're not. What's your response to this? She, she's a, I think she's a rep- representative Williams, Democrat out of Atlanta. You know who that is? Yeah. Uh, 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 Senator Nakima uh, Williams, chair yeah. of the Democrat Party of you Georgia. Know, um, I, I, I'm not going to do to her what she did to me. I will talk about her record. She doesn't have a record doing anything with white people. Wow. I've seen one piece of legislation that she passed to help white people. See, and that's what I love. It's like what my mom said. Pay attention to how they vote. You're saying, go look at her record. What has she done? You ever heard the old Christian song, let my, let my record speak for me? Yes. I got a solid record of helping the black community. I got a solid record of, of opening doors and level playing field. All that talk and all that rhetoric. So I, I, I'm, I don't want to attack her personally. It's about her record. Yeah, um, she should be the last one to talk about that. I don't share the values of the Democratic Party, but it's so much bigger than her. It's so much bigger. She's just taking the direction from the liberals on um, that far left who want her to carry out their agenda. That's all she's doing. And so I just hope that she become woke one day because I can tell you, let her do something that's, a, that's to the contrary of what they want her to do. When they finish with her, she'll understand. She'll come running back home. She'll be the first one talking about how bad they were treating her, how they were. But, you know, sometimes, like my mom said, you know, I told you that the stove was hot. Sometimes you got to let them burn themselves, and then they'll know <laughs> that stove was hot. <laughs> Some people have to learn the hard way. That is absolutely true. Yeah. But I, what I would you say? I'm not going to attack her. I'm grateful. And we'll work with her. Let me tell you something. I'll work yeah. with anybody. I'll work with her. Yeah. You know? That's the good thing about Muhammad Ali when he decided not to fight in Vietnam. There's a lot of criticism from African Americans. Those who were patted on the back 
by white liberals uh, because, you know, maybe they played on this team and that team and, and, and the right thing to do as athletes to attack Muhammad Ali. But he never, I never see him really go back and attack African Americans because you take the black intellect and you're fighting each other because of, you know, these liberals over here. No, let's not fight each other. Let's just sit down and you have your views and I have my views. We got a lot more in common. We can either hang together or hang separate. I prefer to hang together because we can get yes. done that way. Um, but, but to go and just attack your own for no reason other than to let the far left know that you're still with them, that is just preposterous. Let me ask you this. Your, your awakening and your courage and your willingness to come out and share your support for the president. Is that a growing trend? I really feel like you're the tip of the spear. I think there's, I personally think there's a lot more members of Congress and state representatives around the country that feel the same way that you feel and want to share their support for this president, but they just haven't yet. Or they just, they just haven't yet. Have you, have you heard, are there more, you know, like you uh, oh. in uh, in office, holding uh, well, uh, official we'll positions that are supporting the president and just haven't come out yet? See, um, David, some of them don't have the hide that I have. This is some rough old hide because I've been attacked by the liberals for the past almost 30 years. I've been around public office. They're afraid of being browbeat. They're afraid of being called a sellout. They're afraid of being called a lot of things. But I know they feel that way because they call me and they tell me. I've had several wow. members, black members of the Georgia House of Representatives and on the Senate side, so you know what? I agree with you. I've had some of the leadership who would say, who said to me, I agree with you. I just couldn't, in the room, I just couldn't, you know. And I said, that's fine. It's okay. Um, because one courageous man in, in the crowd is a majority. And I know I, I, have, I put a chink in that armor. And I know that wall is cracking. And more coming through. And I give you an example in Michigan, the state representative up there, Representative Wizard, uh, yes. the last time. She called me and she said, Look, I support you. I I heard about you. Man, you're right. She said, I just thanked the president and they attacked me and they censored me for just thanking him. And I had a, the COVID virus. State Representative DeBerry out in Tennessee uh, served for. 26 years, been elected 13 times by his, his constituents. And he's a pastor and he's pro-life and he supports school choice. And the Democratic Party literally waited just enough time to remove him from the ballot without any notification to him. He was not allowed to even file as an independent because the timeline had closed. They deliberately, wow. they, they, they hashed this idea in darkness and nurtured it in ignorance and did this to a 26-year legislator, African-American legislator, perhaps. What is his name? Representative DeBerry. I'd love to have him on my podcast if you can connect me. I'll I'll, I'll make sure that CJ get you uh, connected to him. But what they did to him was wrong. And so... Why? Because it, so it's a lot of us out there. When you said that, I'm, I'm on the only, I think I'm the first one to just step out so bold. And this yes. was, look, you're going to lose your seat. You stand to lose your seat. It wasn't about, it was about conviction. It was about putting my country before my party because my party has put the party before this country. Wow. And I don't want to be a part of that. Person. 
And so that's why I know they're feeling that way. Even, even amongst the criticism that I've gotten from some, even some of my friends, they say, you know what, Vernon, I may not agree with you and vote for President Trump, but you sure are telling the truth about the Democratic Party. Wow. And I say, as long as I can get you to say I'm telling the truth, you watch me. When you go to that poll and you're going to think about Sleepy Joe, and you're going <laughs> to think about the crime bill, and you're going to yes. think about blacks being let out by Trump, and you're going to be thinking about what blacks did for HBCUs, and you're going to privately inquire. You're going to vote for Donald Trump. Why? Because you know it's the right thing to do. And I believe that. Absolutely. I, I do, too. Emphatically, you know, especially especially coming out of this pandemic, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic, yeah. hopefully on the tail end of it. We need to I mean, could you imagine coming out of this pandemic and then giving the economy and the reins of our country to Joe Biden <laughs> or really any Democrat? You know, what's telling to me is how many of the states where the where the governors are Democrats have in, have instituted draconian type measures of locking down so much of of what I think are necessities like churches, but they're keeping the smoke shops, the you know the weed shops. They're keeping those the liquor Liquor's shops. They're keeping them open. Well, I've had to run a government, and most times one government does not want the other, the bigger government, in its way. When I was right. county executive, I hated when state legislators were trying to run local government through the halls of the legislature. Look take care of state issues. And then state legislators don't like the federal government pushing stuff down to them. One thing about this president, what he has done, I thought was brilliant. He's allowing, for the most part, the governors to make these decisions. I mean, there are some certain basic federal guidelines, but he's allowing the government in, in their own way because one size does not fit all. To right. make these decisions, they know more about what's best for their state. Uh, and see, this is a balancing act. It's a balancing act between the economy and public safety and health. And so what this president has focused on, clearly he's focused on public safety and health, the American people. But at the same time, this president knows we gotta go to work. Right. And so let's not please don't unnecessarily choke us from getting back and getting America back on its feet again. Um, no, no other president's ever had to deal with this in modern time. So all the Monday morning quarterbacks and all this stuff, they, they don't have to make a decision themselves. Now it's amazing. You got journalists who want to be comedians and comedians who want to be journalists and, and all of them <laughs> want to be president. But what this president has done, I think is he struck a good balance. He's allowing governors for the most part to do the same thing. And those governors who understand local government for the most part, they're trying not to be too tight because one part of the state may be different from the other part of the state. But but we do have to get back to work. And there's some people literally making more money through unemployment than they were making before. Exactly. Uh, they lost their job. Exactly. But there are many people in small businesses out there who really need those resources. A yeah. lot of my friends have lost their business. Some would not open those businesses again. And when I saw one of the major universities that had already a ton of money in their endowment, what did they need more money for? That should have gone to those small businesses that didn't, yeah. where, where they didn't have any money and, and needed those bridge loans, those, those guaranteed loans. Because I know a lot of them still haven't been able to get any loans. I'm glad that the federal government has put more money out there. I think they passed about $310 billion uh, yep. uh, to add some additional funds for small businesses. And so yes, they did. Uh, David, um, we're in trying times, but America's resilient. We've come yes, through we are. so much. And we're going to come through this too. 
Yes, we are. Absolutely. If you could share a message to any anybody out there listening, I really hope everybody shares this podcast, shares these episodes to their friends, to liberals, to independents, to Democrats, to anybody that doesn't believe the president or to anybody that thinks that, A, black Trump supporters don't exist, which now there's two of us on here and, the, and, and you're still part of the Democrat Party and in office. What would you say to the person that's on the fence or that is just like completely far left as far as as far as how important it is that Donald J. Trump wins this upcoming election. If you're black, I would say get the hell off that fence. Look what he's done to <laughs> community. You know, look That's what good. he's done for unemployment for blacks. Look what he's yeah. done for black institutions. Look what he's done to reconnect black families. Look what he's done to come with those opportunity zone districts in a lot of black communities that need that reinvestment. Yes. That's a no-brainer. Then ask yourself, what has Joe Biden done here? I don't hear all the other stuff. What has Joe Biden done? It can't come up. Just not there. Yeah, it's not. The black unemployment was a historic low. Hispanic unemployment, Asian unemployment, uh, unemployment for women was at a 50-plus year low. The the wage gap between blacks and whites was at the lowest point it's been in decades. And that's all before opportunity zones. You know, those didn't really get a chance to even take effect yet. But that's still going to take effect. I'm going to tell you what's playing a major role yeah. in keeping blacks on the plantation. Them watching CNN, MSNBC with Rachel Maddow, Anderson Cooper, Cuomo, Don Lemon, and others, those talking heads, because all they do is they put black people on there to tell you how racist Donald Trump is. I've, I haven't been contacted by a single liberal network. Now, wouldn't you think this is new? Let a let a, a Republican in any legislature come out and endorse Donald Trump. They will have him on there so they can talk about how or I'll just say endorse Joe Biden. Right. They right. will have that person on there talk about how bad Trump is and how great Joe Biden is. But here I am, that's made national news as I understand it. Now, yes, you have. one of those liberal networks contacted me to ask me, well, why do you support Donald Trump? You know why? Because they don't want, they know blacks are looking at those shows and they don't want any black on there saying anything good about this president. Not saying anything good about this president, talking about the truth about this president, telling the truth about this president, I should say. You won't wow. see, you won't, they don't want that. They, they'll, get a, they'll get a black person who call himself a Republican and get on CNN and just the whole time just going at Donald Trump. Wow. So not one, not MSNBC, not MSNBC, not CNN, not CBS, not ABC. None of them have contacted you for a statement since you came not out supporting the president. Not a single one of those national news outlets contacted me. Not wow. a single one. No meet the press. No mentioning of it on meet the press. No mentioning of it. The View hadn't contacted me. Yeah, the baby. I'd love to see you on The View. <laughs> We need to get you on the view, my brother. I would love That'd be to be amazing. On the view. For one, I can appreciate being in the company of, of smart women. I can appreciate being in the company of accomplished women because they're educated. They are mothers. They're wives. Uh, they're sisters. They they're regular people. Now we may disagree, but I would love to be there because as a black man, I don't need them to think for me. If mm. I come on that show, I'm not coming on there to debate my answer with you. I'm coming on there to tell you how I feel. 
and what my beliefs are. And let your audience make up their mind whether they like what I have to say or they don't. But if they can put Stacey Abrams on there, why can't they put me on there? Yeah. That is that is telling. And I'm a sitting I'm a sitting legislator. Stacey's no sitting legislator. She no. didn't almost win governorship. No. She was 50,000 votes from getting into a runoff. Well, you right. and I both know what, know what happens when you get into a runoff. Black voters tend not to come back to the poll. But yeah. that narrative was shared. I can compare my record to anybody. Matter of fact, I'm surprised that Joe Biden, if he's looking for a running mate, why hasn't he called me? I've run in government. I've been in the legislature. I've shaped public policy, including on health care. I create the first local office of Homeland Security in the country. Why? Because you dial 911, it doesn't go to Washington, D.C. It goes to the first responders. I have a track record on environment, buying and preserving green space, taking uh, at our landfills, taking the gas that's released in the air, uh, working with our partner, Georgia Power, and creating green energy, turning trash literally into cash. I've never raised taxes. I've cut, I've cut taxes. I've run various agencies. Law, including law enforcement, fire rescue. Back during uh, 2011, I had a, a, a readiness preparedness plan, working my health department, my law enforcement, in the event, because CDC was in my county. If someone were to hit CDC and were to go airborne, it would, it would be a, another pandemic crisis. Done that. When we had the issue with Katrina, I, I prepared and put together the first and only local comprehensive disaster relief center where we were doing everything from creating mailboxes so people who didn't have homes can get those checks. We had computers, they didn't have computers so they can get online and be able to put in their information. We were rolling kids in school. We used my housing department to, to find housing for those who've been displaced. The health department there with people donating glasses. The youngest person I think we served was about three months old. The oldest later, about 92, over 10,000 people. Wow. I submitted that comprehensive plan to Benny Thompson at the time who was the, over with the Homeland Security uh, Committee. So, but you know what? Joe Biden's already said that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Wait a minute. You are very qualified. As a black man, I'm eliminated again from the Democratic Party. So hold the, hold the, hold the phone. You are extremely qualified. You've got a very extensive and and, and, uh, impressive history and track record from business to local city state governance. And here we've got the guy that the Democrats are propping up as the potential president for the United States that has already declared you're not qualified. Right. <laughs> and I'm not qualified. I am not qualified. Because you are a male. Because he's, he said he's going to pick a, a woman of color. So he's canceled out black well, men well, once well, again. But but a woman of color could be Hispanic. A woman a woman of color could be yeah. He didn't uh, say black woman. Asian. That's my whole point. He did not say a black woman. He said a woman. Wow. And so he didn't say I'm gonna select the best person. Exactly. So, for example, everyone knows that Stacey Abrams putting pressure on him to to select Pick a black woman as the vice president running mate. Yeah. Take my record and put it beside her record. I've served more years in the legislature she had. I've chaired committees that she didn't chair. I've actually run a government that had more people in some states 
whether wow. it's HUD under my jurisdiction, law enforcement under my jurisdiction, public health under my jurisdiction, I appointed judges, department heads, got our county a dual AAA credit rate by, by Moody's and Standards and Poor's, which, which right now the federal government doesn't have a AAA credit rate. My county never had it until I got there. When I left, it left. Wow. But I'm not qualified. Because you're because a man. I'm not a woman and I'm, you know, I'm black. And they want to call Trump sexist. <laughs> you know, call Trump a racist too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that really is. That know, really is racism and sexism in the same context, in the same sentence by saying, I'm going to choose a woman and a woman of color. He's being sexist and racist. Right. And you know what? Here, here was interesting. When, when I think about the liberal media, they never talked about my track record the whole time I was there. It was all about garbage. You know why? Because they knew I had the potential. They knew I, I was headed for leadership. They didn't want a, a, in, an independent black man going anywhere. They never talked about, about my record the entire time I was in office. I passed you were, four bond you, initiatives, including three on one night, and one night, three separate bond initiatives. The same night uh, Donald Schwarzenegger tried to pass one for the state of California. I passed three, my administration, and me taking the message directly to the people, passed three different bond initiatives in one night. So the media was criticizing me because I was lumping parks and, and public libraries and infrastructure all in one. They made such a big deal of it. I told my county executive assistant, I said, hell, split them. Put them in three separate ballot initiatives, and we're still going to pass. And we did. They don't want to talk about it. Wow. They so knew you were dangerous. Men, and that's what the left fears. That's what they wow. fear. And they think right now, David, they're really fearful of me because I stuck them. They didn't see it coming. They didn't expect it. And they, they're checking my Twitter followers. They're oh, yeah. seeing that influence. And they don't know what to do. They're panicking right now. They don't know what to do. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just what that pot, I told you that pot was boiling. And that lid is getting ready to blow off. <laughs> American, I'm going to do everything I can to get them woke. Well, if you, Representative Vernon Jones, if you had a message to share to this president, what would you say to him? Uh, state of course. State of course. You have changed people's lives in this country for the first time in a long time. You're the only president that I know in my lifetime that has put America first. America's families first. Black, white, different orientation, young, old. He's put us first. He wants to put resources here. He's want, he wants to bring jobs back here. Those people who have money in the offshore account that didn't want to have all their money just taken up in taxes. He's creating an environment where they can come back and invest and grow the economy. That, that's amazing. He's a good businessman. He understands it. Uh, one person said one time that our country needs to go through a revolution every 20 years. Hmm. And what is a revolution? Radical change. President Trump has brought in radical change. But the, but the type of change where our company, our country has gotten even better was well, unemployment. Small businesses getting on the ground. Uh, black colleges. Criminal Justice Reform Act, the terrorists, level the playing field. These other foreign countries not paying their fair share to the various world organizations. He's holding people accountable. And you know what? Black people have been complaining since Jago Hoover how they've been profiled and how the government was breaking the laws, giving these illegal search warrants and all this other stuff. 
And you know what? President Trump has blown the lid off that too. We've been standing for years. We've yeah. been standing for years where the FBI and the Justice Department was doing. Look at the yep. fines, of course. Look what they did to Carl Payne. Yep. Look what they did. They were willing to go after a presidential candidate, the president-elect, and the president himself. And that came from the top. Fish rocks from the head. Let me be clear. Yeah. The rank and file FBI and Justice people, they do their job. They do their jobs well. They do their job well. They work hard each and every day. But when you look at the top, when you have an FBI director say, yeah, I'll, and he said it publicly, yeah, I thought I'll send my guys over there to interview Flynn, catch him off guard. They don't know what's yep. going on right now. The president just got in office. Really? That comes from the FBI? The top. Director, when you see FISA warrants, when they hold back that, that one of the guys they're seeking a FISA warrant for has been told by the FBI, by the CIA, he is one of our assets. But that to be left out of a FISA warrant? It's, it's, it's insane. His lives have been destroyed. And I know what that's like, too. I've had to go through unnecessary investigations. Why? Because liberals did not want me to succeed. They didn't wow. want me in office. They want to overdo, overturn the duly elected county executive like they wanted to overturn, and still some do, to overturn a duly elected president of these United States. And I'm appalled that the Congressional Black Caucus has not joined President Trump. When Christopher Ray first came in, they were going to him about why you targeting black groups. Mm. But when they came to testify, when the FBI and Justice Department leadership came to testify before Congress on the hearings on Russia, 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 and Ukraine, oh, they were talking about how wonderful the FBI and Justice Department wow. were. Really? And that was the time right there to say, you know what? We've been saying this all along. But they hated Donald Trump so much that they lost a golden opportunity to blow the top off. And look at the top of the ranks of the FBI and the Justice Department. Let's go specifically to the FBI first. Of all those at the top that were removed, how many were African-Americans? How many were African-Americans? Did you see any? No. I didn't see any. From Peter Mm -mm. Stroke to to, to Lisa Page to McCabe. Nope. Comey. I didn't see any of them. Were any of them African-Americans? I mean, really? That's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. And another thing, too, um, I look at when serving in the legislature, you know, we get a chance to do real portion every 10 years. And when Georgia's last real portion took place back in 2010, well, actually, the census count was 10, 2011, they redrew the districts. The first time I've known in modern time that I can think of where when the maps were sent from the legislature to the Justice Department, for pre-clearance based on the Voters' Rights Act. The Democratic president and the Democrat who with the Attorney General Eric Holder, who's black too, the Justice Department approved those maps. And many of those maps that were approved had an impact on black districts in a negative way. Wow. And when I see Eric Holder now want to get out of here out here and file these lawsuits about these uh, about these congressional seats. Wait a minute, Mr. Eric Holder. Were you not the attorney general and they had to come through your office to be approved? Right. Now you want to say you did it for a gerrymander? Where were you then? Yeah. I'll tell you where they were then. They didn't want to piss off Georgia because they were going to put Georgia in play. 
for Obama wow. in 2012. So they didn't want to piss off the Republicans. So you know what they did? They passed those maps, and then they still left Georgia high and, and, and dry because they didn't come to campaign in Georgia. Wow. And when I hear Eric Holder going around filing these lawsuits, it's ridiculous. I want black people to be woke. I want them to be woke. Yes. Because the free, that's, the, that's the whole purpose of free clearance by the Justice Department to make sure black voting strength was not diluted. Mm. And you know who else played a role in selling that? Helping draw those maps? Who? Think about a person from Georgia, high profile political person. In Georgia? Cummings? Okay. That wants to be a VP candidate. Oh, Abrams? You talking about Stacey Abrams? Yes. I just saw a piece where she was specifically talking about that, trying to get the, by 2021, she said she was, this was like back in 2014. And she was sharing that by 2021, she wanted to have redistricting in such a way that the minorities would be the majority. And basically so that white folks wouldn't be able to vote. It wouldn't matter what they voted. Well, why why did she, why did she fight for that in 2011 when we were doing the match? Why were the Mm. black legislators mad at her for selling out? Wow. I just want my people to be woke. Yes. Well, we all, we, we, that is our hope. You know what we're, I'm thankful that you you stood up. You know whose sister benefited, got a federal judgeship? Hers. Stacey Abrams' sister got a federal judgeship doing that process. Really? Well, that's, that's keeping it in the family. It's like Maxine Waters out of California using her daughter and her family to do these other, you know, functions and different aspects of her campaign and allocating certain amounts of money to them. And see, this is this is what bothers me Um, when I hear. And by the way, I've had to have an elections office under my umbrella too, as as county executive. I I know about running an elections office. Voter suppression. If her organization fair fight about voter suppression. Then why are they suppressing my vote? Hmm. Well, why are they coming in and supporting a candidate because they don't like my views? That's voter suppression. That's ironic. That's yeah, the it is. You want to talk about voter suppression? I'm not angry at her. It's not that I dislike her, but I'm just talking. I'm talking policy. I'm right. talking. You know, stand for what you say you're going to stand for. Exactly. If your group gonna be non-political. Then why are you getting involved with one candidate based on partisan politics? How right. many Republican candidates have that organization contributed to? Exactly. <laughs> I'm in there. That's why when they sent me a check, I sent it back. <laughs> oh, really? Because I couldn't be marked. I sent it back. Yeah, I sent it back. I didn't want it. I sent it back. Nice. Twice. I never cashed it. Why? Because you're not gonna buy me to silence me. Right. No, that's a that's beautiful. It's a rarity. We need a lot more of it. We need a lot more of uh, of individuals like you with your courage. I really hope, Representative Vernon Jones, I really hope that your courage and your desire, your willingness to stand up and to speak out and to share your support for this president is a ripple effect, has a rippling effect throughout the Democrat Party, throughout the black community and throughout this country that is a a roadblock that stops mentally stops people from thinking Donald Trump is all the negative things that the media says, wait a minute, Vernon Jones, a member of the Democrat party rep state representative in Georgia. He actually is sharing. No, 
I support this president. I really hope that uh, that your what you've done is a massive ripple effect, and I believe that it will be. I truly do. Well, David, outlets like yours are going directly to the American people. My story is not being told on lamestream media, uh, the liberal lamestream media. It's been told by, ironically, uh, your organization, other conservative organizations. And again, I'm, I'm not in lock, stock, and barrel with everything with everybody in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. I'm just being burned. Yeah. And having you have this source of meeting to get my message out is accomplishing what I want to accomplish because I've seen already a number of videos, people I don't even know who are standing with me. I mean, it's, it's crazy what has happened. Everyday people, too. I mean, everyday people. I'm not talking about the elite party folks involved. I'm talking about that. Those everyday folks are starting to think, like, wow, what he's saying is true. They've been thinking, but they haven't been saying it. Just like Donald Trump. Donald Trump says a lot of things that a lot of people think they're afraid to say it. Mm. And I think you're going to see, I believe you're going to see Donald Trump increase his numbers this election in terms of the black African-American vote. And that's the beginning of the beginning. And that's what liberals fear more than anything else. Yes. And so I appreciate, again, you giving me an opportunity to come. I hope you have to come back, David. um, Absolutely. As as this election season rolls forward. And I look forward to having a chance to sit down. And uh, we don't have to be six feet from each other with a mask (laughs) on. Or I assume uh, we can be on the same platform and and share our ideas and and, um, just educate our people. That's all. Yes, that's what it's about. I would it would be an honor to have you on again. I'd love to stay in step with you as your campaign goes. I'm so thankful that you are personally staying in there and you are going to go for go, you're going up for re-election too, is that right? I'm I'm, I'm just going to finish my term. My term ends. I was going to I was not going to complete my term from when all that brouhaha came out, but when I saw the amount of support from Americans around this country, I said, "You know, I'm going to finish my term and I'm going to give them hell." Yes. Uh, we go back in special session. I have a bill that I co-sponsored that deals with illegal immigrants who commit violent crimes being uh, reported to ICE. I want to see that get through. And that's that's going to be a huge impact. But you know what? I'll, I'll have an even bigger platform when I can truly go across this country and not be uh, hamstrung by this party um, uh, and by just being elected office. I can go where I want and do what I want, say what I want to say, because this is something that needs to be heard. Um, some of our greatest leaders and most influential leaders never served in public office ever. Very true. I.e. Dr. King. Yep. Um, and so I'm no Dr. King, let me be clear about that. But that's just an example. Uh, Jesus didn't hold political office, um, but he changed this world. The world. Um, so <laughs> you're making a difference, David. You don't hold public office, but you're making a difference. So, you know, I just, I just want to just educate my people. I want to ed- educate all Americans. It doesn't matter your color, your, your origin, where you live. Look, we can either hang together or hang separate. I prefer to hang together with American people. We got some serious issues going on now with this pandemic crisis, and we should be coming coming together and, and, and supporting this president during this type of uh, era. And, uh, and we are going to get through this. I can tell you we are. So I appreciate being on your show, and thank you so much. Well, you know something I just thought of? Have you, have you met Bishop Harry Jackson yet? No, I haven't. He was a bishop that was in the Oval Office with the president on Good Friday. And he prayed for the president. He prayed for the country. He read some scriptures out of the Bible. Did you see that when that took place? I didn't see it. I'll send you the clip. He's a good friend of mine. He's right outside. He's in Maryland. 
and him and I are supposed okay, to be going no, on a, him and I are supposed to be going on a tour again. This was before pandemic. We were supposed to be going on a 10, 11 city tour. We'd love to talk to you about participating in that. If we can get back to that place where we're going to have a tour, but it's a outreach to black communities through black churches. And everything you said is everything that we're trying to get the black community to just be willing to do. Think independently, think yeah. for yourself and really vote your values and then look at how the president's policies actually line up with should be all of our values, but especially the values of the black community. So it'd be an honor to talk to you about that further. OK, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. We, we hear each other. And certainly when you come to the ATL, we, we're going to have some fun. I'm going to take you down to Varsity Hot Dog, number one place for hot dogs around here. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, Representative Vernon Jones, God bless you, sir. Thank you so much for being with me. And we'll see you again. Uh, we'll see you again next time. You got a deal. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Friends, there you have Representative Vernon Jones literally sending shockwaves through the Democrat Party. A black man, a Democrat, a state representative saying, I proudly throw my weight and my support behind Donald J. Trump for president this year. It doesn't get much better than that. I really, truly hope that this episode blessed you, encouraged you, inspired you, and taught you something. Please share this episode with 10 friends. Literally, just click share, put in 10 friends, and just send it out and hope that it helps reach the masses and wake people up. It'll go a long way to help me reach more people and reach more people with the truth because we all need some more truth. So God bless you. Thank you for uh, choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye.